Welcome to the Point is to Serve podcast series. We exist to encourage you towards a vibrant and active faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about the Point is to Serve ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Now let's join Pastor Alan Kiesbo for this week's teaching. ...who are here. I'm thankful for Otto and Rosie who are here who are translating the service into Spanish. We also have been in contact with our other Latino church led by uh, Oscar Mata and his wife Nancy who are also live streaming from the church on Saturdays. And then Pastor Zerhun which is a pa- who pastors an Ethiopian church. And the song that John wrote and shared is just a great reminder. We are one church. We share with one voice but many languages. It is really wonderful to be together. So thank you for joining us today. In my college years, my roommate and I kept a dorm room that was remarkable. Uh, I know this because the dean of students wrote us a letter and made many remarks about it. I would call it comfortable, she would call it condemnable. And so she threatened us in a letter, and and we don't remember the words, I don't remember the words, but it was enough, maybe about not being able to take finals or something like that, that unless we cleaned our room, uh, we'd be in serious trouble with her. So we cleaned our office, I cleaned our room, I haven't gotten to the office yet, uh, but we cleaned it, and uh, we got through the year, but the next year we continued to be roommates, and our normal returned. We excelled. We weren't just average or normal guys in a dorm. We excelled at a level of untidiness that was, again, remarkable. Somewhere during that year, Denise and I were dating, and she came to my dorm room and was also impressed that we exceeded the normal. (laughs) Uh, To the status that the chaos and mess that we were causing caused her to wonder if she wanted to continue (laughs) in the relationship with me. Uh, this week I was telling Denise that I was going to share this story, and we both remembered it. It was a very memorable experience when she saw our room and said, hmm, I'm not sure if I want to be associated with that person. It was a reminder to me that my normal was jeopardizing the prospects of a long-term relationship. And while I haven't become a tidy person, some of you know that firsthand, I have learned to be mindful that my normal can cause stress in our relationship. And, then if, and I learned that if I was going to continue in that relationship with Denise, I would have to check my normal and change it. We are in a series called The Jesus Way. And The Jesus Way started, as we started several weeks ago, in the Old Testament. That the blueprint for The Jesus Way was laid out in, relation, in the covenant relationship between the, relation, between the nation of Israel and God. And now as we move towards Easter, just a few weeks away... We are moving from, un, from that pattern to understanding how there are ways to approach life. And this morning we're going to look at a way of life that was normal for the people of Israel. But it was normal that had to be checked. This morning I want us to think about what is normal in our life and compare it and contrast it to the Jesus way. While we may like our normal, while we may feel very comfortable in our normal, we need to understand that if being formed in the likeness of Jesus as we walk the Jesus way is our goal, our normal may need to be, our, may need to be checked. 
our normal may be our greatest barrier to being formed in the likeness of God. Because when our normal is challenged, there's an opportunity to be formed spiritually. Does that make sense to you? And until our normal is checked, we are not able to be formed in the likeness of Jesus. Well, these are not normal days. And we can respond by, by being fearful, by being secluded, or we can look at our lives and say, what is normal? And how do we adjust that, that God might be formed in us? As Jesus taught his disciples in one context, he looked at the normal and challenged it. He said, yes, this is normal. But if you want to be like me, you have to check that spirit of what is normal. The passage starts with a but, so I want to give you the, re- the previous conversation. The passage is Matthew 20, 25 to 28. It comes after mother comes and says, I want my sons to be in charge. I want you, when you are sitting on the throne, to choose them to be in the positions of power, physically connected to you, so that your authority, in a sense, flows through them. That was a normal thing for any mother to ask for her children, to seek position of power and influence, to say, my voice matters. That is a normal thing that all of us want and we want for our children. So Jesus starts this passage with these words. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In this passage, Jesus is saying to the disciples, do not be normal. The normal is contrary to the Jesus way. And so Jesus challenges to challenge what is normal. When he says, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over the people and that the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. That is normal. But you, it's not that you may be different, but that you will be different. The normal way was established in in the day of Jesus by Herod. He was a famous king in that time. Both Herod and Jesus wanted the world. They both wanted the same thing. They both wanted kingdoms. But Jesus and Herod would develop two different ways. For Herod, it was living large with all energy focused on the top and emphasizing the size of his achievements and his wealth as a marker for success. He would use that power power to govern the people with a strong hand. He would build great trophies to his name. Even Rome, the ruler of the empire, would not come into Herod's territory because he would, they were mindful of the power that he had. And he would start building projects that were larger than anything in Rome. Herod wasn't the only one, though, who wanted the world. There was a religious group called the Pharisees who started in a season when the Pharisees came with the right heart. During the Greek Empire, when the Greek armies came down into Palestine, they not only brought 
control of the territory, but they brought their philosophies that we still study today. They were radical evangelists for the Greek way and wanted to liberate the people to think like a Greek person would. And the Pharisees came out of that occasion about 300 years before Jesus, and they brought that, their spirit to say, we want people to remember we are followers of Yahweh. But over the years, the Pharisees became rigid. They became, as Eugene Peterson says, crustaceans with, with their skeleton on the outside, and their hearts had withered. They'd become rigid in their pursuit of perfection. And that way was equally wrong and much like Herod's, just with a different motivation. For Jesus, the Jesus way started with community. Jesus chose to invest in the people who were in the margins of society, to look at the people who were overlooked, and to be present with them. Even the towns that he invested in, three towns they called the Good News Triangle, it's Capernaum on the north, Corazon on the southern border of Sea of Galilee and Bethesda on the other, where communities are worth kind of as they have been excavated, revealed the Jesus way, with a synagogue in the center of the community and then homes scattered around. And Jesus adopted that as his home base because that was really the Jesus way, that we live with God in the center and we are connected. And in these days, as we connect through phones and internets, other technologies, we are seeing that way being strengthened. Jesus also challenged us to a better way. Both Herod and the Pharisees wanted the world. They even wanted God things. But their pursuit of them was done in the wrong way. Herod would come to build a temple that would rival Solomon's temple. Certainly that must have been a good thing, and yet his heart was all about himself. The Pharisees, in their pursuit of perfection, made holiness their vocational trademark that put a burden on people who wanted to pursue God. There was a better way, and Jesus would find that. Jesus communicates a new way in a shocking way. He says this, But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Those phrases would be laughable to the power brokers of the day. But Jesus would define a new orientation through being a servant. Our normal is not to be a servant. To be a servant, you have to disrupt your condition of normalness. This has been the story of spiritual formation throughout Christianity. A man by the name of Walter Brueggemann in the book Spirituality of the Psalms talks about there, are th three there is a cycle with three steps in the Psalms and it's repeated throughout that there is the orientation that we have that we would call, this is our normal. And the next step from that is disorientation, where everything is changed upside down. <laughs> but the power of the sp spirit of spiritual formation is that we do not trickle or fall apart and spiral down, but through the third step of spiritual reorientation, we find a new way, a better way. These are crazy days. Our normal has been changed. But we can act in a way that our disorientation will not crush us, but lead us into a better way. In this season, there will be people who will do good things, who will serve in wonderful ways. Jesus is talking about servanthood in possibly even a different way from them. We see throughout our culture, because that's the way it is, we believe 
and our normal is that one plus one has to equal something greater. And sometimes we use service to promote ourselves. And there will be well-intentioned and good things that will happen from people who serve with the spirit of promoting themselves. That's normal. But what Jesus here is talking about is when we serve with nothing in return. Several months ago, Anita Valentine led our congregation in opening a little pantry out on our boulevard. It's a beautiful situation of serving with no parade, no banners. We just do what we do. And you have been a part of that. Last August, we did a crazy thing in our worship where we made food bags. Each bag would serve six servings, and we kept about, about 500 of those bags to serve potentially 3,000 people. We have been stocking that over this last week. We have been going through many meals, uh, helping people, without patting ourselves on the back, without making a big sign about it. We've just been serving in ways that have helped people survive these days. Thank you for being a part of a church who understands this. And may in this time of breaking up our normal, we learn great shelter and joy in serving, not necessarily even to point to Jesus, but we serve to be like Jesus. Jesus challenges us to get small. Herod and the Pharisees, sorry, Herod and the Pharisees wanted to be big. They wanted to be big in a big world. And in that mindset, they would never understand Jesus' invitation to get small through serving. Jesus modeled getting small by investing in people who stood right before him. While there were often crowds in front of him, there are so many stories where Jesus stops and pays attention to that person who stands right before him, whether it's giving him sight or healing the woman or whether it's helping the lame man walk. He never missed the people in the crowds. Jesus had closer friends in his 12. There were three, and then there were 12. Then something, there were about 300 people who were part of what I'd call his congregation, that he did pastoral care very well to them because he knew them and he knew their story. We are called as people of the kingdom of God to be mindful of being small by being relationally connected to each person who God brings to us. Jesus demonstrated being small by using prayer as a place to retreat, as a place to conform his will to the will of the Father. In those times of being quiet before God, he was renewed and strengthened. In our social isolation, may we be people who pray more. I was able to see the, the most recent uh, Mr. Rogers movie. Uh, played by Tom Hanks. And one of the things that just struck me is as, as uh, Mr. Rogers is swimming, he says a name. Roger. Tom. Janet. He just, as he's praying, as he's swimming, he's praying. And it's such a powerful illustration of how as big a person as Mr. Rogers was, he did it in a small way. May we be people, when people come to our minds, when names come to our mind, may that just be a part of how we breathe in and out, that we exhale prayers for those around us. Jesus was also known for his unseen acts of generosity and service. We only know of them because people who were in the scene could tell the story. 
He fed thousands. But that one night when he goes to the upper room, takes off his robe and puts a towel around him and washes his disciples' feet. There was no crowd to please. There was no audience other than the people who were, in a sense, confronted by his intimate act of service. So Jesus says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That is our call. That requires our normal to be confronted and changed. And then Jesus went and lived that out. So 2,000 years after the Herod way was proposed and Jesus proposed the Jesus way, how has that worked out? One afternoon, just for the fun of it, I went to the social security site that lists names by ranking. And I put in this question, where in ranking is Herod in the list of favorite names for boys? I thought that would be interesting, 2,000 years, if he was all that hot. This was the response. Herod is not in the top 1,000 names for any year. Please enter another name. When Jesus was born, Herod was huge. He was in charge. He, though coming to the end of his life at age 70, was so concerned that people would celebrate his death he gathered leaders from all around Israel and held them in a prison in Jericho with the instructions, when I die, these people need to be executed. He was so small that he was afraid that when he died, everybody would celebrate and nobody would grieve. And so he, his plan was to kill Jewish leaders so that at least those people would grieve. Well, history reveals that luckily wiser people prevailed and when Herod died, those leaders were released. Does this sound like someone who has the world? Does this sound like a way that we want to live? In the Jesus way, we're invited. It is a way that's not based upon how we think, or even at times what we believe, but it's really based upon what we do. Our normal has been challenged, but we can find new ways to connect. We can find new ways to be small. May we use this time of change where our normal is challenged. That there might not be a time of, of loneliness or fear, but a time where God works in our lives. Where we are changed from the inside out. And we will look more like Jesus because of it. I don't believe God is up in heaven wringing his hands wondering, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? <laughs> I believe that God is at work in powerful ways. I believe in the days ahead, we'll not only hear about stories of churches in the United States, but churches around the world who are seeing this opportunity as a place for them individually to be formed in the likeness of Christ. And then that would be transferred into the community through how they live as followers of Jesus. May you find support. May you find encouragement. And as we continue to exist with social distance, May we find the ways that God is connecting us. Let me pray for us. Dear God, thank you so much that you are a God who is at work in the most difficult times. We know in history when the church was struggling that uh, you renewed and strengthened the church in ways that uh, we are beneficiaries of, of that today. God, we didn't have time to plan or prepare for this crisis but God, we know that you are with us. So God, may we be the people of God in the days ahead, that not only we are changed and formed in the likeness of Christ through spiritual formation, 
but God, that our world will be changed, that we will be reminded just how fragile and small we are in a big world, but you call us to this new kingdom. God, may our normals be changed for something better. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Point is to Serve podcast series. For more information about pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ or information about the Point is to Serve ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Thank you and God bless.